podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Euro Incision podcast. The Reds have their pants pulled down by Real Madrid at Anfield and myself and Guy Drinkle are going to inspect their backsides. Guys, welcome back. I miss Femis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we had to do this, right? We had to do this. I mean, we've had a couple of days away from it. You know, like I think Tuesday games it just makes the week feel really long. Um, so we've had a couple of days away now. How are you feeling? I mean, let's just talk about the game. Let's just go straight into Liverpool. Let's go two-footed. Right, come on, let's talk about this. Um, first of all, your your thoughts now, now. Um, I, I'm feeling numb, to be honest, Nina. It's Watching the game, it was just a sense of... It was a sense of dread before the game, and then obviously we have the good start, and just as soon as they scored the first one, it was just a sense of the inevitable, and it was, but we saw this, we were getting outplayed by 10 men, Newcastle, <laughs> Yeah. and Real Madrid rock up and have a bit of a dodgy start, and then just do Real Madrid things, it was always going to happen, it was just, but the days afterwards, it's just the fact that we play again very late on on a Saturday for some reason, I'm not looking forward to the game, I'm not even dreading the game. It's just more annoying me that I'll probably be working till like one in the morning on Saturday. That's the only that's the main thing that's annoying me. I'm not asked about the game because I can't be asked looking at them at the minute. Yeah, you know what? I I have like um, a strict eating regime, and I'm going to have to eat earlier just so I can focus on the game and make notes. The inconvenience that the Reds are putting me through at the moment, and especially when they're not very good as well. Like, I'm willing to bend things if you're good. But, yeah, I mean, this Real Madrid game, I mean, Guy, let's let's talk about this, and we're going to go kind of, you know, we need to get things off our chest. So, Klopp goes with um, the, the same lineup against uh, Newcastle. Were you surprised at that? I wasn't surprised. He, I feel like I understand him to the point where now I know if he thinks something works, he's just going to run with it. And the subs earlier on in the Newcastle game kind of indicated that to me as well with the likes of Henderson coming off and stuff. No, I wasn't surprised. I was yeah. I was almost disappointed, but I wasn't surprised. Mm, I think yeah. Navigator is clearly back in the bad books, um, which seems to change every three weeks. Um, so we have no options in midfield now. So we're stuck with them three, um, which is not good because our best one of them three is 12 years old. Um, attack, well, attack's probably the one positive we can talk about, which we'll get into. Yeah. And the defence, it's a flip of a coin between Gomez and Matip. They're both awful. Um, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, 
I want to get your thoughts on something because you kind of touched on something as well. And you said, you know, um, when, you know, Newcastle went down to 10 men, you know, the Reds did look shaky and they did, you know, you're right. I'm kind of noticing a pattern and it kind of, it, it passed on into this game as well. I feel like the Reds already have 20 minutes of intensity in them. They had about 20 minutes mm. against, if you look back to the Chelsea game, exactly yeah. second half, they had about 20 minutes against what's its face uh wolves um they were they were decent throughout everton but in all fairness like you said everton were just absolutely shocking that wasn't hard for the reds to like turn down any gear they had 20 minutes early bright start against newcastle where they were cut through and got their goals and the same happened here again i mean is this a concern now because not only when do we take the foot off the gas it feels like we mentally switch off as well yeah, I think it definitely it, it it is both mental and physical. I think I think the midfield you can see Henderson had looked probably the best he ever did in them first two not ever did but in this season maybe even last season the best he's looked in a long while in first twenty minutes and then he just couldn't make those extra yards and it was just well yep we're down to ten men then Fabinho couldn't just not just couldn't move then we're down to nine men then Joe Gomez seemingly just has a mental breakdown we're down to eight men it just it just seems to slowly decay in the team as the game goes on obviously it's not always the start we have those 20 minutes but I think you're bang on I think we just we just don't have we don't have a half in our legs never mind a full game it's just yeah. it's just really really odd and it obviously people have pinpointed I know um, the UP lads have talked about we've obviously screwed up pre-season now, I'm no sports scientist, but yeah. that was a long while ago, and we had a World Cup break where we had, what, four or six weeks off to try mm. and do uh, right any of these wrongs. Obviously, not everyone was there, but good Lord. <laughs> if we're still blaming pre-season, I mean, unless all of them come back looking the fittest they've ever seen next season, I, I don't, unless they were shotgunning each other in pre-season, I don't yeah. want to. Don't know what the hell's happened, but no, I think you're right. It's there's 20 minutes of legs in there, and the last few games, I think the attack has just carried the team. Yeah, it, it just it that's finally clicked. Whereas the midfield's still trash, and the defense made probably more of a um, result of the midfield being awful is the defense doesn't work anymore because they just get overexposed. Like yeah, big gaps, but, right? Yeah. Yeah, we 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 are definitely going to be slagging off Joe Gomez in this podcast, but I think victim of circumstance isn't what I want to say, but I can't think of another term. He is just left exposed by our midfield. Now, Ebu would deal with it better, but Ebu is six foot five and a machine. Um, it's it's just a broken system, and I think individuals are kind of carrying the last. Well, the only two games recently that we've won. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a bloody worry. And then you see Real Madrid, um, I think Dave called them zombies and they basically are. It just doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what the it doesn't matter what the score is. It, they're just always in the game. Um, so, yeah, it's it was just we I, I hate Real Madrid. Like not even for all the usual reasons anyone hates Real Madrid. It's just the fact. You they just never die. Yeah. They're always there. They never have down year. Down year for them is second, and even then they usually win the Champions League. It's just an insane 
DNA in that club. I just hate it. Yeah. Their, their down season is finishing second and winning the Champions League by one goal margin or something. Yep. You know, like, that is a disappointing season for them. Yeah, um, I have to agree with you. Um, the attack, now, that is the positive, right? Because, obviously, there's a lot of, um, you know, fresh blood being injected into our attack. And at first, it wasn't clicking and people had a lot of concerns. But, my word, the, the ferociousness and the tenacity that those three delivered in the first 20 minutes, I thought Mo Salah just looked like himself. He was skinning Alaba, Alaba everywhere. And, you know, he was running and, you know, finding passes. And all three of them, you know, were, were breaking together. We, we, saw, we saw shades of it against, you know, Newcastle. We certainly saw it here. And, you know, I feel like there's, like, a click and cohesion. And... To me, that's the part where things are looking right. And I went back to watch the extended highlights because I really wanted to get angry for this podcast, but clearly it's not work because I'm very calm because <laughs> it's you guys being cool. You bring the best out of me, evidently. And, you know, and you look at that, you know, like how did they clear it off the line? And, oh, if Mo Salah had only, like, squared it to, you know, um, when he had a shot and I think Gakpo was running in, you know, like we could have done so much more to them as well. And they were on the back for the defence, did not know how to cope with the pace of that attack and the movement. And, you know, Nunez's goal was just, oh, sensational. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. No, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. He seems to love doing that. I think, was it Fulham the first game he did it? Um, it's it's just nice to see because Gakpo's just a weird one because he is the midfield money. <laughs> That's how I think everyone sees it. It's like, you aren't a midfielder. But do, do you think there's going to be a subconscious kind of bias towards him for that reason? Um, maybe for this season. I think next. Well, ho- hopefully, we buy midfielders. <laughs> but knowing Jurgen Klopp and FSG, we may buy one midfielder. Um, but I think this season, maybe, maybe I think as he improves, which he certainly is, it might it might just go away. But at the min, I think well, maybe not even at the min because he has improved, but. I think the first few games, you're just thinking you should be someone else. Um, but yeah, you I couldn't justify that... it, could you? You couldn't justify no, no. what what he was doing and what we needed. No, but I I see it now, mm. and the fact that we started, we played him as a, we played him as a nine, and then put Nunes on the left. I think we're seeing that why because it takes Nunes limitations in terms of hold up play and stuff like that out of the equation, whereas Gakpo. I don't think it was great to begin with, but we're seeing it in bits and bobs. I think after his goal, um, the other game, he just seemed to grow in confidence, and he, he's took that he's took that in other games as well. Mm. Um, so I, I see the logic of it, and carries the ball really well as well. He, he really does. Yeah. He really does. And more importantly, we see what happens when we bring on Firmino and Jota at the minute. Mm. 
<laughs> so he is very much a better option than them two. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm starting to see the logic, but it's just kind of annoying. He wasn't a midfielder, but I'm sure he'll grow to be a very good player. And I think he's already showing signs of that. Whereas Nunes, I think Nunes and Salah were still starting to see it click a bit more. Like obviously both of them miss quite a lot of chances. I think they're both the big missed, uh, big chances missed leaders at the minute in the Premier League. But I think there is a spark of magic there when the team hopefully gets fixed. Them two can really, really spark into life, and we see bits and bobs, and we saw that in the first twenty minutes in this game. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, um, we get the first goal and then the second goal. Um, it was an early Champions League goal as well, right? So, you know, started getting a bit confident, didn't we? It was, it was supporters. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the second one came and, you know, Courtois absolutely having a howler. And you're like thinking, could this be it? Could this be it? And, you know, Salah just lapping it up. I mean, it was a comedy of errors for for the goalkeeping howler but you know Salah just um you know again you know putting things right for himself as well obviously because he missed that final you know um uh, oh he got subbed off um uh, in, in Kiev and you know he had mm-hmm. a point to prove and obviously Thibaut Courtois had an absolute monster performance against our attack in the last um in in the last Champions League final and you know it was just it it felt really good and then things went bad yeah, yeah. It wasn't helpful because I my <laughs> I sent my mate a message saying Alison, best goalkeeper in the world, confirmed after that Courtois error. <laughs> so, Goalkeepers Union, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, again, um, I saw someone tweet actually, and it got retweeted on my timeline. But I was just so stressed out at this point. But you know what I noticed about this game? Okay, forget about the it was played at such an intense pace. Like I was exhausted watching that first half. I mean, yeah, Vinny scores a stunning goal. Um, he does. You have to call it. And and then um, Ali Alison Becker has an absolute um howler. Um, which we'll talk about both of them in a second. But for me, I was just sat there thinking, I am knackered. This is end to end. And you know, <clears throat> like you, I think like you just said, what Dave said, they are like zombies. Like you know, they they just got the momentum. You know, they 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 could sniff danger. They knew that every chance. Like they were just so like I I can't describe them in Europe. It, like like you just said, they never die. Like just they, inevitable. They, yeah, and that uh, you shouldn't get so comfortable against them, and you know, like a lesson learned. Trust me, I I got humbled absolutely. But you know, for me, like the the second goal, like obviously there's a lot of talk, and I want to get your thoughts because I saw a lot of people trying to blame Gomez for this. Now, to me, I thought Gomez played a pretty simple pass to Ali. Like I, it it wasn't it wasn't a bad pass. I mean, don't get me wrong, you could argue that Gomez should have just done what played it out for a throw-in or, you know, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't even give it to his keeper if he knows that, you know, Vinny, Vinny Jr., who is a pace machine, is right behind him. But that was... Ali had Robbo free on the left. No man near him. He could mm. see him. It was just too casual from Ali. And yeah. anyone anyone blaming Gomez for that one is just dumb. That's <laughs> just yeah. really dumb. Like... He's passed the ball back to the be- to the best keeper in the world. Yeah. No one in the world except not I don't even think Vinicius Junior Vinicius Junior was expecting him to do that. 
He just, ah, oh, yeah, he could have passed it to Robert. He could have just hoofed it earlier. He could have passed yep. it out to the right for a throw-in. He, he, that, uh, it's just a sickening thing. But I think there's the stories of the two goalkeeping errors, isn't there? Courtois had his, his team went up a level and fixed it for him. Yeah. Ours did that. Obviously, they got the first goal beforehand, and it may have been turning already. But ours key, our keeper did that, and we just crumbled like a 20-year-old box of digestives. It, it was awful. We just, what was it, mentality monsters to mentality midgets. It basically summarised in this. Our goalkeeper, who has bailed us out this entire season yeah. from a relegation fight, has a mistake. And we do not respond at all. It, it's scary to watch what we've turned into. And it's not even that long ago because basically all of the end of last season, we weren't playing well. We were just doing Dragging, the moments. Yeah. yeah. Skin ourselves. Yep. I agree. I, I completely agree. And then obviously, um, and again, though, I do believe that, that that first half was still, like, I was knackered after that first half, guys. Yeah. Like, I was physically and mentally exhausted. I was like, I can't deal with this much more. And, of course, the second half started, and um, I feel like, you know, physically we went out, but mentally we didn't, because we literally conceded as soon as we came out. I mean, stupid free kicks you conceded by uh, Gomez, and we'll talk about Joe Gomez, because I thought he um, absolutely had an absolutely shocking display in defence. It kind of gave me similar shades of what happened to him at Napoli. Yeah, just absolutely. Thing is, he seems to be the type that one mistake in his head goes, Yes. It, it just completely out. He's gone. Needs mm. subbing off. And we, well, we'll, we'll get onto the subs in one of the myriad of horrendous things that happened. Yeah. But Gomez, you could see in Gomez, his head was gone. Like, absolutely. I think it was gone at half time. Because um, that second half, he was not in that game whatsoever. But no, it's um, that. <sighs> The free kick, it's a stupid foul to give him. I thought I initially thought he got the ball, but then he then he didn't. Um but I don't know who was marking who, but I just can't else. believe he had all that space yeah. to run across, grab a sandwich, grab a coffee, and I'll just head it up. <laughs> yeah, and our defence had no idea. They were just practically sat on top of Allison's lap. It's just I, I don't understand because we used to be the best team in the world at set pieces. Nothing that one of the issues is nothing's changed. How have we got this bad at set pieces? Like other than maybe Bobby, who's more defensively minded to Darwin, nothing's changed. <laughs> it's, it's just I don't understand. That is one of the worst defended set pieces I've ever seen. It was dreadful. Our lads just stood still, hoping it they'd screw up. It felt up. non-league. I can't lie. It felt non-league. It did. It did. Just, just whip it to the front post, and a runner will get onto it. And it did. It worked. We had no one trying to attack the ball. Not a single person. Like Van Dyke's the best header of the ball in the world, or he was before I forgot how to play football. Um, Matt, not Matt, it wasn't. Gomez is okay in the air. Darwin Nunes is 6-3. Gakpo is 6-4. Um, we have massive people. Trent's big. Robbo's decent in the air. I, I just don't understand. There is no aggressiveness in that team at all. 
<laughs> excuse me um it's just i don't know it it just seems like there's nothing there's no communication no leadership no whatever in the team anymore it just obviously we'll probably talk about Klopp at some point but it's a set piece we'll obviously have a set piece coach and all that jazz to set up but Militao ran from the back post to the front post no coach in the world is telling them to not do that so they're just not doing it on their own accord so I don't I don't know what to say it's just embarrassing That, that was out of all the dreadful goals, that's probably the most embarrassing one. Yeah, it really was. It was absolutely shocking. I just watched that, and I, I just remember just looking at it. And I, there wasn't even an expression, um, mm. guy. Um, there was no emotion. I was just staring at the television screen, blank faced. Like I just could not believe what I was watching. It was so, so embarrassing. Just, I would have turned it off if I didn't have to do this. I know, I know, I know. I, I felt the same. I was like, no. And then you know what? We had to, I had to go watch back the extended yeah. highlights in there because you know say this and all that um uh, <laughs> yeah it, it was it was horrendous and um i guess we're going to talk about all the other goals that we kind of conceded you know what kind of made me i i shouldn't say this but i was obviously watching extended highlights mm-hmm. and uh my mum was in the kitchen and she says to me so which goal are you on now and i wanted to laugh you know, like, because obviously we can see uh, five, like, which one are you on? It's a United fan, she's a bit cocky and arrogant, and she's very looking forward to um, their trip to Anfield, which is bad in itself, because normally she shits her pants, but here we are, people, this is what we've done. I mean, for me, again, the midfield, let's talk about this, because there is a kid in there who's having to do so much work, and I can't be mad at him, because, of course, you know, he was going to... Uh, you know what got me angry about this fact? Okay, so he had a few turns, right? And, you know, he turned into the Real Madrid um, uh, midfield, you know, mm-hmm. which worked really hard. You know, Camavinga, Valverde, Modric, who is an old man, um, was still doing things in that midfield. I uh, that. You know, <laughs> hey? It's weird that an old man can still do stuff in midfield. Yeah, and it's certainly against us. And now I'm like, looking at my two senior um, midfielders there, right? And when you have a kid in, is your job, to walk him through that game. It's Real Madrid. Yeah, and that's been the issue. It's been the young helping the old rather than the old helping the young in our team. Since Basetic came in, he's been our best midfielder. Yeah. I think Thiago, when, when he was playing with Thiago um, and Naby, I think they were helping him more, yeah. but the results were awful. Um, yeah. So you can't really look at that. But now... Since the other the two older ones have came in, it literally Basetic is the only one able to run. I mentioned Henderson couldn't run after twenty minutes. Fabinho couldn't run after one minute. Um, it's it's just wrong. I, like the the issue the thing is the issues the two older ones as well. Yeah. If we're playing Palace on Saturday, I'm not dropping Basetic. I'm dro- I want to drop the other two, but we just can't because we have no one else. Um, it's just odd. Um, I don't know what we have to do with it. Obviously, I mentioned Naby's in the bad books, but he has to come back in. I, I'm thinking he played Basetic and Fabinho yeah. as the two more holding and let Keita have a bit more of a free eight role to run the channel. I don't know. Thing is, Palace have a 
really strong midfield yeah, with exciting forwards as well. So I know, I know. This is it. What does he do? Yeah. But, Cur- yeah. Curtis Jones doesn't exist anymore, seemingly. Oh, again, well, you know, it's funny you say that because um, the front three, well, Crystal Palace last season, maybe confidence was high, was uh, Roberto Firmino, Jota and Oxlade-Chamberlain. And I think the midfield was Jones, Fabinho and Henderson. God, remember when we could win with any team we yeah, put out? Yeah, we won 3-1. <laughs> and I think it was, I think it was Matip and, Go, um, and Virgil van Dijk in as a centre-back pairing and Robbo and Trent and Ali. And that was the team. If we play that team as the weekend, we'll lose 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> oh mean, my God. I, looked, I, looked at, I looked at the starting lineup against Crystal Palace at their, at their ground and I was like, no way. And then I looked at the result and I was like, no way. You know, like, <laughs> we can't even get that with our best. Oh, God. Nah, screw it. Screw it. Just play that team and see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, God. That midfield was horrendous. But you know what I, I, what I found absolutely astounding? Was the fact that our front men had pace, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was uh, 3-2. Yeah. And, you know, whatever, whatever. And, um, you know, and then they we conceded another goal, Karim Benzema. And, again, that was really embarrassing as well because Joe Gomez that played them on side. And then it was Joe Gomez who got deflected upon. And I know Benzema got the sh- um, got the goal, but it was just again like what the fuck? it was just like everything was going horribly wrong for the Reds. Just not literally, you couldn't we couldn't string passes together like at all. Um, we this was what's that one minute was their fourth goal. Their fourth goal was on the fifty fifth minute. That was five minutes before after we should have made subs. Yeah. As soon that, as the third goal went in, we should have reacted because midfield was done, Joe Gomez was done. And talking of which, then let's talk about these subs, right? So, yeah. Klopp's going to make subs. He, right, if I'm not being funny, right? My hope was with the attack. It was. I yeah. thought, well, at least they can take the ball and they can run. And I saw people like Mo Salah sort of operating from deep. Do you know what I mean? Because that midfield was absolutely doing nothing. There was mm-hmm. no service. I actually thought Trent had a good game, you know. I'm going to say it. I thought Trent did all right. Yeah, I think he was relatively good because yeah, considering Vinicius Junior, I think he got what was it two two goals and an assist. I think he got didn't he? Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think any of them were Trent's fault. I think one v one Trent did. Nobody not. helped him double. You know, and this is another thing as well. Why don't you use your brain? Why don't you double up with him? Well, that's that's another midfield topic. <laughs> no, I mean they they did that to Diaz in the final. They just spent that entire time just doubling until he got tired. Until he got. I don't get what we do tactically. Like all our attacking players are on the right. We've got Trent, who obviously not the best defensively, but his job is to his attack. One on one marking hasn't been too bad, you know. But, I think he can defend, but it's just not his main job, is it? Mm-hmm. His job is to create for us. Salah yeah. doesn't. Salah's t- Salah can come back and help, but he's told not to. He's clear because he does do it at times. Yeah. He's told not to. And then Henderson, obviously, it's, he's been told this. His job is to go forward as well. I don't. There's no balance on our right hand side. Like our best team was when Henderson. Obviously, Henderson was a bit more attacking than Ginny back then. But he was yeah. still probably more of a defensive player than an attacking player. Now it's just Henderson bomb on, press the centre back, press the goalkeeper. It's like what are you do? What is Klopp doing? What? Who's decided to just vacate the right hand side? 
it's just stupid. It just I don't understand it. I I really don't understand. It worked last season, but I think it goes under the radar how good Trent was last season. Um, yeah. Whereas this season, Trent's obviously struggled quite a bit, but he's not get. You mentioned that he doesn't get help, not at all. We've left yeah. him to be one v one with Matoma, who monsters him. Vinny Junior, he battled quite well with. Um, who else has been a nightmare this season against us? And everyone. <laughs> um, but did he? Who, who had Kravatskaya? Napoli. Yeah, so. no, no. I'm a, again, he was a nightmare. I'm just glad we don't have to play Napoli again. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, okay, so like, okay, so at this moment, I'm a guy. It's four-two, yeah, right? Club makes some subs, which he should have made at three-two, right? We can agree on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And if there was any hope, it was from the attack because they were in, like, if they were going to turn on the intensity, it was those guys, right? Because they've got pace, it, you know, like, it was going to come from them. Klopp mm-hmm. decides to take off. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Gakpo and Nunes. I'm sat there thinking, Yeah. why? <sighs> one, maybe. One, maybe. I'll give you one. Because I'm generous. Yeah. But can you? I, un- I understand Bobby coming on. Yes. Because he, he'll help the midfield more than Gakpo. Yes. But Darwin and Moore hadn't really caused an issue since our good spell. But that's because we stopped passing the ball to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not because they were awful. We just didn't pass the ball to our forward players. So bringing on Bobby, we should have brought on Bobby and Naby at that time. Yeah. Or Bobby and Jones, if you if everyone hates Naby Kerr. It should have been a midfielder and an attacker, and, and Joe Gomez. It should have been Matipon for Gomez. That should have been the free subs at that time. Yeah. Or earlier than this time, I should say. Because Bobby could help the midfield and he could try and help press Kamavinga, who was monstering us. Um Nabi could just be competent. <laughs> like all, all we needed was a six out of ten midfielder, and it would have helped. And that's what Nabi Kater does usually. It's a six or a seven out of ten, unless he has one of his really bad games. But it's just to bring on Jota and Bobby, and let's be honest, the Newcastle performances both of them put in almost made me feel like I didn't want them in this squad for this game because they're not fit. Mm. To bring them both on again at the same time, I 
it, it screamed of someone almost playing FIFA, like, oh, we can't score goals, bring on more forwards. It's like, did maybe Klopp's head went or something like that, but there was just no logic in both of them coming on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, like you said, Nunes would have run the channels, right? And you keep him on yeah. because, you know, he might take the ball from deep and run with it and run and be be in, in, in like, um, you know, um, in a running... Um, uh, in a running race with um, Mo Salah to get up that pitch. Yeah. Jock is not going to do that. You know, he, he likes, you know, he likes the ball to his feet and, you know, he, sometimes he's a fox in the box. But if you're not getting the ball in the box, what's he going to do? How how many, and, you know, and, you know, Roberto Firmino, like you said, he would help out in, in the midfield and we know he can do that and that would make sense, you know. Um, but then he would have made sense if you want to take Gakpo off because he does pull strings for the attack. He works in close proximity with them. Mm-hmm. I just it was just madness for me. I'm not even going to lie. Like I just sat there and I was just like, I don't know what to say about this. I think maybe I was less angry because I mean I'm angry, but maybe it was because it was like frigging four two at this point, and I was like, I don't like clearly like we are so behind. Like this is done. You, you could sub on the 2018 version of these players, and we still lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as we said, the sub should have been earlier, so we wouldn't have been in that situation. Because at three two, obviously it's horrendous. We give up a two 0 lead, but if we keep it at three two or get it back to dream of a three three, but the the fact five goals unanswered is just unacceptable. It really is, and I've seen people on Twitter say if this was any other manager other than Jurgen Klopp, this is a sackable moment, and that is very true. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying I want Klopp sack by any means, but if this happens, say next season in the Europa League, because we're not getting the Champions League, <laughs> um, but if this happens at all next season, you have to start answering questions. Because five goal, I don't care how bad we are, and I don't care how good the other team is. We can't give up five goals unanswered, and then make the situation worse with substitutions. You know it's what? Unacceptable. You know what got me as well. Like there was just nothing about us. We, yeah. Like I, it was just a toothless, like outing. And you know, like you're meant to be this amazing team. You know, mm. like or Barini and Cole will give more fight back in 2014 or 15. Yeah, and I just sat there and I was like, "Look at you, man! You're not even asked." And I think that's the most hurtful thing, you know. You don't even look bothered. Like yeah, there used true. to be there used to be a time when you used to like chest bump each other because you kept a clean sheet. Remember Virgil van Dijk used to do that with his mm. defence? And <laughs> I know we kept two clean sheets in a row, but it feels like a rarity. Maybe they just forgot. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it was celebrated yeah. like a goal, right? Amongst the yeah. defence. You know, it was a big thing and like you look at them now and they're just like looking at each other, looking confused, looking bemused, looking like they don't even know what's going on around them and it's horrible and you're right about Jurgen Klopp it is awful and you know you're a big you know you are a big supporter of Jurgen Klopp as you know I am too and if it was any other manager I would be absolutely saving I think it's because it is Jurgen Klopp and where he's taken the club however like he needs everyone needs to adapt and change and I'm getting really really pissed off like the, at the fact that he just seems to think that he doesn't need reinforcements in the midfield or or he 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 feels that these players are okay. What is he watching? 
What does he watch? Thing is, he sees them more than anyone as well. And that's the thing. Maybe they're just monstrous in training or whatever, but we're watching it every weekend or middle of the week. And I mean, it's easier to say who's been not even good this, who's been acceptable this season. Allison's been very good. Yep. I'm going to say Trent after the World Cup has been quite good, you know. I'm going to say it. Acceptable, let's say, with Trent. Okay. <laughs> That's been really generous. Because he was really bad. He was really bad before the World Cup. Um, Konate was... Konate, yeah, definitely. Van Dijk's been awful by his standards, let's Elliot, be honest. Elliot started off the season well, but then we really obviously can't defend or are overused as well. That was a mess yeah. as well, by the way. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, I'm just... This is, this is what I mean. We're just, we're just yeah. sharing feelings yeah. today. Um, yeah. Tiago, I'd say. Yeah, Tiago. Yeah. yeah. I think more by sheer numbers has been acceptable, but p- performance-wise, No. But I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd give him a pass because the team fails and he doesn't get the ball anymore. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Moore is looking better now. Now he's getting the pass before he yeah. was. Now he is. I'd throw Darwin in there as well because he's exciting, yeah. but he just it just sometimes can't score. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's about it, unless I'm forgetting someone. Naby's been fine, but he's played about three games. Bacetic? Bas- yeah, Bacetic, definitely. Um, Keller has played about one game. Robbo, no. Simicast, no. You've got about five players there. Yeah. We've got a five-a-side team, Nina. And, and and those players are really interchangeable because some of them fell off with injury and stuff, obviously, like Canate and things and Thiago. Yeah. So it's not been a consistent thing. I know people are talking about, you know, like, you know, uh, Thiago would have been a huge factor in this game, of course. Canate would have, of course. Luis Diaz, of course. But I'm not being funny. Every team has injuries. I'm not having that. The thing is, no one apart from Diaz, no one's surprised at the players who were injured as well. Yeah. We didn't we've not planned for it at all. Like Matip and Gomez covering Ebu just won't work because Joe Gomez is either really good or awful. No middle ground. Matip has just been awful um this season. Like I don't remember a good Matt Matip's most important thing this season has been his passing and going forward, but defensively he's been awful. Yeah. Um They're probably it, coming for Palace though, you know. Well yeah he him on Nat Phillips yeah. I, I, like flip of a Nat Phillips flip of a coin. That's the situation we're in. I, he yeah. will pick Matip but I really wouldn't if he picked Nat Phillips I would not blink an eye. Not blink an eye at all. Um, but no, Matip will be back at the weekend. He has to be, because Gomez has to be taking out the firing line. Um, no, I, I just... This game, it's almost defeated me, because the two games previous, they were awful performances. Let's you, be honest. Yeah. But you know just, this just drained me. You know what I find baffling? Obviously, you talk about you, you spoke about Kanati there and uh, Tiago saying it's not like we didn't know these players were going to get injured. And I just had like a weird thought to myself. Now everyone has their own little thing, and I'm going to throw a really girly analogy out there for our female listeners or anyone that can relate. And um, you know, say you have a favorite beauty product, yeah, and it's running low. You buy another as a backup. Like, you have it there, so when it runs out, it's there. How can Jurgen Klopp not look at midfielders like this? 
Like, I've got an injured player here. Mm. I'm going to need something just as good. The thing is, last season, or the second half of last season, when we just became zombies like Real Madrid, only worked because we played four midfielders. Naby had an unprecedented level of fitness. So did Thiago. Fabinho was stepped up uh, at times. I think he, towards the end he kind of was a bit dead. And Henderson was a relatively good form as well. Mm. But two of those players had an unprecedented level of fitness. So did Henderson and Fabinho, to be honest, because they, they pick up injuries as well. So it took an unprecedented level of fitness from four players in midfield and an unprecedented level of performance from a few of them as well to be an acceptable team. Because when we were playing people like Curtis Jones, James Milner, Elliot as well, we were dropping points. And then we didn't address that position. Naby's injured for the first half of the season. Thiago has to play every game, so he picks up injuries. Henderson's dead, and so is Fabinho. And then we can't play Elliot. We Well, we can't play Elliot in midfield with the midfielders we have. We probably could if Fabinho was, like, alive. Um, but it... <laughs> It only worked last season because we had four quality or three and a half quality midfielders. Because I'm not a fan of Henderson at the minute. Yeah. Um, it's it was just criminal not to address that position in two two windows. We mentioned the Gakpo thing, but if we only had the money for Gakpo, which makes it a weird decision as we mentioned, but we had two chances and we screwed it up. Obviously, I'm not forgetting Arthur exists, even though I think most people have. But to go from a panic situation where Klopp said it was his fault that they didn't get a midfielder, panic by Artur, who was unfit for about three years. And he was only bought because Henson got injured, because before that he was acting like a complete um, arrogant individual in those press yes. conferences saying, I don't need a midfielder. And it was only when Henderson picked up a knock, he panicked, bought in on loan um, uh, Artur Mello. Yeah, exactly. And we, that's the thing. That is the thing. We've seen this in the past as a club, whether it's Klopp, FSG, the sporting directors who have all disappeared. Um, we we saw similar in the in the centre back season twenty twenty one. We don't we don't react to situations at all. We panic by. We get Ben Davies. We get Ozan Kabak. We get Artemelo. It it's unacceptable. It really is for the for the. I'm doing air quotes for the sake of people who can't see me, which I hope as many of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can't, for the best run team in the world, unless it's a perfect situation, we do not react because we thought we had Chouameni wrapped up. He went to Real Madrid when we had no backup plan. Um, we wanted, we seemingly wanted Ibu Kanate. We could have won that. We We should have won that league that season if we just went and bought a centre-back. And we didn't. And then we finished third or fourth, whatever it was. So as a club, we need we need with this whole rejig of getting a new sporting director, new physios, new stats people is learning that football is not a vacuum. Sometimes yeah. you need to react. And and to be fair, I'm maybe doing a disservice because sometimes our plan B has worked better, which maybe it's a bit more well thought out because it wasn't the end of a window or whatever. But I mean, if we had Gutzer over Mane, if we had Brand um, over Salah, yeah, it, it just what's happened to that? What's happened to these lads who can 
go to plan B, go to plan C, go to plan D and just make it perfect. It's not happened anymore because Ibu was plan A of uh, plan one of one. Um, Diaz was seemingly plan one of one. Mm. Who else have we got? Gakpo just seemed to exist. <laughs> um, they always wanted Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, he was one. He, he was literally one of one because we mm. basically waited uh, four months for him. It's just, and Allison was odd because we were getting Fekir, then we got him, which is a bit strange, but he was one of one, clearly. Um, so it's just, yeah, it, it's a bit odd how we just can't react in imperfect you know, situations whilst anymore. You, whilst I've got you here, because you and I don't podcast much mm-hmm. together, I want to get your thoughts on FSG, right? Because um, I saw lots of tweets like, oh, um, this will force the red, um, uh, you know, FSG to invest big in, in the summer. Well, you're going to fucking have to. I'm not being funny. Like, I, you know, I have been a big supporter of FSG and anyone that hears me on this podcast will know this. I've always said, you know what? They've been running the club well. But, you know, now I'm getting a bit pissed off with them and I can't lie. I, I don't know what Jurgen Klopp says in the press conferences. I sometimes think that he says things because he's trying to cover them up uh, in terms of how much money he's allowed or what he wants. And sometimes I watch his press conferences and I'm like, blink twice, Jurgen, if you need help. Um. Literally, I don't know what's going on with them. They need to invest. I don't think this sustainable model helps them. If you're going to stay around and you want investors, then fucking put the money up. I've had enough of you being stingy, and they are stingy. I'm just going to say it. Uh, how are you going to mm-hmm. compete with South, flipping Newcastle's money, flipping Man City's? The, Newcastle just going to get better and better, you know. They just—they probably have the most money. They probably got the wealthiest owners. They have more money than every owner in the league combined. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you're sat there thinking, "Oh no, we're just going to run the players into the ground, or we're going to do it like this and we're going to do it like that." I, I know you're smart people, and I know you run sports franchises. I'm not taking that away from you, but fucking pull your money out now. And I'm not being funny. It's a joke. And, you know, I heard somewhere that they, the, the Qataris pulled out because they wanted two billion off them. This is what I read on Twitter, by the way. I don't know how true this is. But they wanted two billion off the Qataris, but they weren't willing to give them a major, like a big stake in the, in the, in the club. Uh, yeah, because anyone's really going to buy that FSG. Fucking hell. Like, what the fuck are you on? It's, it, no, no, it's, it's really, it's the most relevant topic going especially with john henry coming out and saying it's not for sale anymore um yeah that qatari thing whether it was bullshit or not but if, if it is true the two billion for i think it was like 40 percent so basically you want someone to come in give you two billion not for fsg for investment in liverpool whereas redbird paid 500 million i'm not sure what the percentage of 500 million for part of fsg which is multiple sports teams Mm. So you wanted two bill for forty percent of Liverpool, I think it was. Yeah. And then you want them to bankroll the next generation of team because you're not willing to. But and then they don't get a say in big decisions. Exactly. It just if that like, is if that is true, they're trying to take people's pants down. It's but no, you you are right. I think I was never really a fan, or I was never really FSG. Just 
to Twitterisms. I'll never FFG in or FFG out. No, sorry, so that's what I mean by that. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. was happy with the fact that they bought Jurgen Klopp no, 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 yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, things like that. But um, now I'm, 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 my patience is running thin with them. Yeah. I was always kind of just a neutral with them. I was fine with them. I saw what they were doing. And when we were really well run with Edwards and that, mm. I think we had an advantage and it worked that way. Whereas yeah. I think now post Champions League win because I think it did start that summer after when we didn't buy anyone I know we won the league and pissed it away and pissed through everyone etc but I think you've always got to keep the motion going the improvement going so I think taking a year off has kind of put us a year behind um in the long term obviously not the short term uh, back then I've just always been at a point yeah they're okay but after the Champions League final I think we've outgrown them as owners. I, I just think we've steadily outgrown them. We, yeah. we can't... When you're at the t- when you're trying to get to the top and finishing fourth is acceptable, this sustainable model works because you can have an off year, but you've got a big asset to sell. But now that we've been at the... Now that we were at the top and we're at the top for a few years... By injuries, by injuries ruining our season, but we were still the second best of best team in the league. Um, it just doesn't work because you can't sell it to fans. Okay, we're going to sell more Salah. You what? We're going this to is, sell more how, Salah. This is how we operate, though. We have to sell yeah. a big player to buy, and that's disgusting because you're losing a part of something to gain more. I don't want mm-hmm. to do that. I want more Salah to play with the best. Well, that's the thing. I, I think when the, when Moore signed his contract, there was such an... People, people like our age, Nina, we've always seen, apart from Steven Gerrard, the world-class players leave. Torres, yeah. Suarez, yeah. Mascherano. Um, Mascherano, Xabi. They've all left for bigger fish. Moore's the first one... Suarez? Suarez, the first one. He's the first foreign one who's not homegrown, I should say, not foreign, the first homegrown, not scouser one, who stayed. Mm-hmm. His end goal is Liverpool. And now now that FSG is staying, I'm terrified we might sell more Salah to try and fund fixing the midfield, fixing the defence, because we've got 50 attackers. More Salah's our last saleable asset, apart from Alisson, who is the most important player in our team, and Van Dijk, who... <coughs> excuse me... We can't really sell Van Dyke because if he goes back to being Van Dyke, he's irreplaceable. I think Mo Salah is irreplaceable because there's no left-footed right forward who can yeah. do what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would we get for Mo? 80 million? I mean, he's 30, 31 now. Yeah. 80 mil doesn't go far. No, like, it doesn't. Not, not in today's game. Not in today's like, game. What are we going to do? Sell Mo Salah and say we bought Mudrick? Who's been shit apart from playing against James Milner? That that's what eighty mil gets you. We're gonna we're gonna sp- seemingly where our plan is to spend a hundred and twenty odd mil on Jude Bellingham. And yeah, cool. What about the and four other I, players? And not even that. Like okay, right, you're gonna spend all that money. Like you said, we need more players. You're Jude Bellingham, and you watch that. I'm sat there thinking, I don't want to do a three man's job. I'm good. That's the thing. You'd be sat there watching. I can't wait to play with Stefan Basetic. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, oh game. yeah, I'll go to and I'll do my legs in early because I'm having to run for three men or two men or whatever the situation might be. 
Mm-hmm. Like, come on, get real. Like, yeah, money is a motivator, but they also want to play with good players. Like, I would, if I was a professional footballer and I was pretty good at this game, I would want to play with the best players. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, and and the thing is, you see, Real Madrid's one of the options. Like, Valverde goes back to the right wing, he plays there, and then Modric... He was Modric, disgustingly yeah. good, by the way. Oh, he's a freak. He <laughs> is a freak. Um if if money was no question and we could like brainwash him to hate Real Madrid, like any amount of money, like we could give him a stake in Liverpool for free, and that'd be the bloke could take because he is just he does not stop running. He he's just a monster. But Jude also, Bellingham... what else have I heard about this about Jurgen Klopp that like he's always ringing Bellingham and like getting reassurance or something? Why are you acting thirsty? Like that? Like I'm sorry, like that's cringe. Like what are you doing? Did well, you hear thing, that? If that, I, it wouldn't surprise me, but it's probably just the Daily Mirror or something. Shit yeah, like it, that, was, isn't it? it was some bullshit quote on Twitter, but I read that and I was just like, "What are you doing?" The, like, the thing is, the thing is, if that was the case, set up a deal for the summer, then we can stop having these questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just go. Liverpool have announced we are buying Jude Bellingham for 100 million euros or whatever with add-ons, etc. A bit like what Chelsea did on Google, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, yeah. I don't think that's... I'm not even sure that's been formally announced, but everyone knows it's happening. It's, yeah, it's, Jude yeah. Bellingham... If we're talking to Jude Bellingham and Dortmund fancy tapping us up Southampton style, that's going to bugger us in the long term. Again, we can't be doing stuff like that. We have to... Get a deal in place with Dortmund if that is the case, but like announce it if it is done, announce it. But I, I don't, I have massive doubts because why would Jude Bellingham? We mentioned that. Why would Jude Bellingham pick us over Real Madrid, who have the best young midfield in the world? And he's probably going to win a Champions League like <clears throat> season in season. Every second, Some of yeah, every second. Yeah. Have five Champions League flipping winners medals. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, like yeah, what? And the, and the other options, obviously Chelsea, who will throw money at anything. Yep. Worse situation than us, probably. But they spend money. And him and Enzo Fernandez can be probably the next best young midfield as well. So that'd be exciting. Or Man City. I know they've got their um, financial thing going on, but it's not going to stop them, let's be honest. Yep. So like, you could go there. 
play with Foden, who you probably mates with, or know from the England squad, well, Jack Grealish. If, if Newcastle make Champions League, I think they're going to start tapping up European players. Like they're just going to go elite. He could potentially go there. Money's not an issue. Either. He'll be on big wages. And you get to play with Bruno Gimaresh, who's one of the yeah. best young midfielders as well. Yeah. It, it just there's so many options. If Barcelona sort their finances out, Gavi, Pedri, Belling, it won't work, but you'd want to be a part of it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's just it there's just other options to us. Like if real if you're picking between Real Madrid and Liverpool this summer and you pick Liverpool I may have to question you. A I, I, would agree. <laughs> I would agree. I would think you're stupid. I think there's better options than those. And this is coming from a Liverpool supporter. I'm just going to be yeah. with what where we've where we've gone. It's um it's actually um uh, catastrophic what's happened. That guy, of course, we conceded the fifth goal, and at that point, I just completely was not interested at all. Um, this game finished five two to Real Madrid. Now. We had a three-goal deficit against Barcelona at the Camp Nou. Okay, we had to take it home. That's fine. But I, I normally fancy us to get three goals, like anywhere. I'm done with this one. I cannot see us. Like you know, everyone's like, "Oh, they're the king of comebacks." I, I, I'm done. I don't. I can't see it. Just gonna say it. Look at every other yeah. result in the Champions League. Right. Let's run through these real, real quick, shall we? Mm-hmm. And this, I, and it made me laugh when I actually looked at results. Okay. PSG nil, Bayern one, Milan one, top, Tottenham nil, Bruges nil, Benfica two, Dortmund one, Chelsea nil, Liverpool two, Real Madrid five, Frankfurt nil, Napoli two, Leipzig one, Man City one, Inter one, Porto nil. They're all on a knife edge, pretty much. Well, not all of them. <laughs> yeah, one's like oh my god. Uh, no, it seemed like a, a really. To be fair. I, after our game, I just the Wednesday games didn't exist in my house. I was like, nope, no football for me. Um, no, they, they are all relatively tight, aren't they? I think mm. may, if Napoli screw up from that position, you'd be really shocked because Frankfurt got their did, best did their you, best player got sent off as well. Did so you watch the highlights? Um, I did the, five minutes before the podcast. Yeah, I, and you know what? I want to ask you one quick question on that. First of all, um, I think Napoli like. I don't think we're in it. I'd like them to go and do the whole thing. I'm just going to put out there. They are just wonderful to watch. They are like such a tasty team in attack. But I've got to ask you, like, that sending off, like, I, I feel like it's a controversial one. Is that a red card for you? Because I'm going to put my two cents worth in here. And I'm going to say, I don't think it was a sending off. He literally, th- there was no place for his foot to go, but on his ankle, Anguisa's ankle. I don't think it was malicious. I don't think it was intentional. I, do, I just feel like he literally had no, like literally that was his next step. And it just so happened to be that um, uh, Anguisa's ankle. I want to get your thoughts. No, I don't think it was a yellow card. And I don't think it was such an immediate red card as well, because that bloke just, soon as the soon as the thing happened, red card out. Take a breath, yeah. mate. Take yeah. a breath. Maybe even just let VAR handle it. Give a, give a yellow, and then if it needs upgrading, upgrade it. If it's that obvious, it will get upgraded. Or even just say, I don't know how the protocols work, because they overcomplicate everything, but just say, can I have another look at the monitor? And if, if that isn't the protocol, make it the protocol because that is really dumb, if not. But, it, it, yeah, it was really rushed. Um, and that is probably Frankfurt's best well, best known player anyways. Yeah, I don't, Moani, I don't, yeah. yeah. yeah out, out of the um, the return leg. So, 
it's it, no. I think he just. I think he just rushed into that decision. I, I'd agree. I, I think it was def. It was definitely a yellow. Maybe even an orange card if we do that old stupid cliche. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was a red, I, especially an immediate red like he did. Yeah, and you know, let's stick to this game real, real quick. I mean, how stunning was the second goal? Yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, trap. You know, saved the penalty from Kravitzkaya. You know. Frankfurt looked like they were in it, and then um, of course they get the, they get the first goal, um, uh, Osmani, and then um, uh, Kravatskelia that assist for Di Lorenzo, my word! Like they are so good to watch. I know we like signing left wingers. I mean, screw Jude Bellingham. Let's just get Kravatskelia. Just get 120 mil. We'll play a four-six formation just of forwards. Bobby can be the midfielder, and just because that was sensation just don't let him take penalties because that was crap but yeah. um the back heel oh my oh my lord yes filth and i'm so glad we don't have to play him again <laughs> but no yeah. i'm i'm with you and napa out of them teams because we're not going to do it anyone apart from real madrid man city psg yeah you know psg why did they play like I know it was like last week, so we we're going back a bit. But we were really excited about this game, weren't we, when we did the preview? And we, mm-hmm. I, I was so glad that it didn't clash with ours. So it was really nice to be able to watch this game. PSG were dreadful. Uh, for me, they played like they, it was the away leg and um, away goals counted for something. The way I don't know that they were really conservative. They didn't want the ball. They didn't do anything. They just looked completely toothless. I thought their midfield was awful. And all these things came to life once. Mbappe came on and, of course, scored two offside goals. And obviously, Neymar's going to be out, which is going to be huge for them in terms of the return leg. I know Neymar isn't overly great, but you still want him there because he can still do things. But PSG, for me, looked like PSG of the old in this competition they just about beat Lille over the weekend yeah they seem to be really struggling this season Mm. Um, I I think they're still top but it just never seems convincing whenever you hear about it but not I think it might be a good thing for Neymar being out to be honest because whenever I see I'm not I don't watch League Gun because why would I but when I see them in the big games playing Neymar Mbappe and Messi nowadays you just can't Against good teams, you can't. And obviously, Bayern haven't been good this season either. Yeah. But Bayern are still a good team. You, you just can't play them free. So playing Mbappe and Messi together and then, I don't know, maybe you can bring in a midfielder and just help people who try. Obviously, Mbappe being back will be massive because Bayern's defence, even in this game, especially when Mbappe came on, as you say, he could take that on his own because Rupert Macano has got a mistake in him. Um, Pavard got sent off. I think was it Pavard. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, I can't. Who the hell? A, a Del, I always forget Delicks of Bayern. Huh? <laughs> uh, Delicks not really mm-hmm. taking that step up. So I think PSG is still in this tie, but they need to up their game, though, man. They do. Uh, yeah. I think if if Messi and Mbappe click, they they could take Bayern to the cleaners. But it's just whether the PSG middling midfield or the defence that is a mix of AOPs and yes. bad defenders. Yeah. It's it's just a really odd game. But no, I think that'll be the one to that'll probably be the one to watch out of the next legs. Um because it should just be fun. And watching Mbappe is God, I'm gonna sound fangirl. It is it is a privilege to watch Mbappe. Yeah. It yeah. just is because he's a freak. And 
it's a bit different watching Mbappe against Claremont Foot or something like that. But we see it in the World Cup. Watching Mbappe on a big stage is something different because that that World Cup final was different. Watching him in the Champions yeah. League, what I think he was on for like twenty minutes in the first leg, yeah, and he, and he, he lit that game up. Yeah, he did it. chaos. He honestly, that's when the game came to life from from an attacking sense for PSG. Dortmund won Chelsea nil. I mean the pace of Adiemi, I think, you know, like, Oof. the way he just turned Enzo Fernandez and Emrej and heroics, you know, I, I, there was a lot of feistiness in this game, like, I thought the ref, I thought the ref was going to, like, start dishing out some yellows and reds there, but, I mean, Chelsea losing 1-0 there, and, um, uh, you know, Potter's in a bit of trouble as well, so that's going to be a high-pressure kind of game for him as well. I'd like Dortmund to do really well as well, actually. Yeah. But then the price of Jude Bellingham goes up, so what do you do? <laughs> Sorry. That's the thing. I don't think it matters at this stage. It's either by Jude Bellingham or by actually trying to fix the issue, isn't it? But then, hang on, we, we agree that Jude Bellingham would have to be absolutely insane to join us, so do we not care? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, we're screwed either way. <laughs> Let's move on because I don't want to talk about Liverpool anymore. Yeah, no, we're not. Um, uh, City, 1-0, Leipzig. First half belonged to them, I thought. They played yeah. really well. And Leipzig were really, like, threatening them. And they were really exposing their, you know, their, their full-backs. And, you know, because I felt like their full-backs were really narrow. And they, they had a few sniffs on goal. The warning shots were there. And then they get the goal. And should we even be surprised? I love the fact that this... I actually thought Leipzig would just roll over. Can't lie. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that didn't happen. That's the thing. I think Leipzig's always one of them teams that... <sighs> Maybe not this season, maybe not even last season, but they always like threatened to be one of them cup run teams, and I just don't think it's ever happened. Um, and Man City are just weird this season because I've only watched the hi- I've only watched the highlights. I didn't watch um, last night because football doesn't exist. Um, the first half they should have been out of sight. Um, yeah. And Leipzig came back into it, and Werner seemed to just get into the game. Obviously, got the goal from a, a set piece with with Gavadio's header. But and Pep not making any subs as well. Like I don't. Oh, know did what... he do that? Did he do that again? He's a weirdo. I was. I'm so glad you said it because I was going to go there. I feel like he tries being so edgy. I think he. I think he mentioned in the press conference maybe after the. Uh, Forest game that we have the smallest squad in the top six. I think. Shut up, man! Don't I, even go there. <laughs> you spent. I mean, maybe give some of your under the table money to you to you to buy yeah. players, and and you sent Cancelo away, etc. So it's your own bloody fault, you twat. Um, hate him. Um, no, but he always seems to do that. He makes a point in a press conference and he does stupid shit. Oh, I've got the smallest squad. Won't make subs. It's like, okay, mate, you are a bell end. Um. I don't like Pep either. <laughs> but no, I think Man City will win the tie because Leipzig they just aren't those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but Man City do not look good. And maybe this is the year just by them not looking good, they might get the Champions League. Maybe that's how it works. Um, but no, they don't look a threat. I think um, Napoli, it's just the fact that it's Serie I have doubts about Napoli, but Napoli look better than them. Um, Real Madrid look better than them. They look comfortable them. in their league as well, don't they? So could yes. that be like um, you know, a, an added bonus to them in in that regard? Um, I'm mm-hmm. very very intrigued. I mean, I would like to see Napoli just go a little bit yeah. further and do some things because they are a, a great team to watch. Napoli Benfica final. Let's get it. 
let's get it. Yeah, it'll make Marco Lopez happy anyway. Exactly. Yeah, this is what we've got to think about. Anything else that you kind of want to talk about from this round? I mean... Um, there's always Tottenham to make us look better. <laughs> <That's> about it. <laughs> oh, they conceded so early as well, didn't they? And then, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was the one I was... I was watching the highlights as we were coming. I was like, nothing is happening. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, cool. Um, no, but it, it's a weird one because I think <clears throat> it's not the strongest looking Champions League. Like, you've obviously got the big names there, but maybe Real Madrid aside, none of them are at their strongest. And even Real Madrid, but they just do Champions League things, as we said. Um, so it's a really open competition. I think Real Madrid will be the favourites now, obviously. But... I think that I think it'll be a really random later part of the competition. Yeah, I do, I'm pretty sure I said that something weird is going to happen in this Champions League. That we're going to get a weird winner. I'm sure I said that. I do remember. I do remember. Yeah, saying that. yeah. Something you know, we're going to have like a Porto vibe or something. You yes. know, like, like one of those seasons. Bring it on, I say. Who knows? The Reds might um, uh, do do a Deportivo La Coruña of that season and actually um, uh, get some hmm. kind of comeback against this um, this Madrid side. But guy, I think we pretty much discussed everything there. I feel like I've got a lot off my chest. I feel grateful that I was able to speak to you. I feel so much better. I'm gonna ask you any final thoughts on the Champions League, and if not, um. Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, nothing more on the Champions League because one more game. <laughs> um, here's a question. Does this pod stop when Liverpool go out? No, I, I, I had a rant with Gags and I was like, if they think they're stopping me from doing this. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, they they make me enjoy the Champions League more without the yeah. stress of watching us. So yeah. that'll be fun. We'll become a Napoli podcast. That's what we'll do. We will, yeah. That's what we'll yes. do. That's what we'll do. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll just. And I, I guess, it, like you said, it'll just be nice to kind of watch just some free flowing football. But really, Reds do something in Madrid. Exactly. Um, do a madness. But uh, plugs wise, uh, am I on anything? I will be on Two Footed on Friday. Amazing. And amazing. I think that is it from me until I have to cover. I'm covering you. Is it a game after Palace? It's it's Bournemouth, isn't it? I think yes. I'm away on the 11th and 12th um, uh, right, family okay. commitments. Yeah, so yeah, you'll you'll be covering. So yeah, you'll be hearing Guy Drinkle doing the post match stuff then. Um, Guy, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It's been lovely speaking with you. I feel infinitely better now. You good too. vibes, good vibes, guys. Um, I will be back. Um, obviously for the post match show for Crystal Palace. Um hopefully things are looking better in the league because my word we need top four finish but thank you so much for listening um really really appreciate it until next time take care and uh wake up reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go... 
we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 